Hey there folks, Chris McLean back with another episode and in the studio today I have Ultimes from the Azar Agency and they're the agency of help for business warriors that are ready to maximize their brand story for authentic impact through public relations and digital marketing. Sounds like a very interesting setup. Uh, thank you so much for stopping by Ultimes. Great to have you here. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. No, pleasure, pleasure. Let's start with, actually, let's start with Azar. I know we just spoke about this off camera, but it's a really interesting name and it's got a, um, a lot of cachet to it. It's got a lot of meaning behind it. So start there. Tell us what, what, why, why have you called the agency Azar? What does that mean? And then take us through how, how you built the agency. How did it all come about for you? Yes, absolutely. So um, a few years back, um, I was going through a very difficult time in my life and I was just like, what in the world is going on? And I was actually kind of angry. <laughs> so I was like, what in the world is going on? I was confused and, you know, just really trying to find the, the true meaning of what it means to be a woman. And I stumbled mm -hmm. across this awesome book called Love Warrior by Glennon Dole. And in the book, she referenced the concept, the idea of uh, a warrior, that women are warriors. And, you know, she, she dove a little deeper and she, she talked about how uh, in creation, Eve was referenced as Azar. When Adam woke up, he called her woman. God did not. God referred to her as Azar, uh, which is also used 21 times in the Bible during battle. And it means warrior. And also God himself, herself also refers to himself, herself as Azar. Um, so when I had that revelation, I was like, oh, my gosh, all of this <laughs> makes sense. And all of the the struggle and everything, all of the story, all of the journey is actually designed to just bring the warrior out of us. So it's actually tatted on my arm. It's like literally Hello. a part of my life. <laughs> um, but in 2016, um, no, 2019, I actually got laid off from cor corporate America. Um, I went in at nine, had my, you know, normal weekly meeting with my supervisor at 10. And I had my box at 11 and I was headed home. Wow. Wow. And, um, you know, I got home and we live in the very beautiful Hilton Head, South Carolina. So, you know, it's not a lot of agencies out here. Um, we had a little daughter um, and my husband is an entrepreneur as well. So I said, I don't know what to do. And my husband said, well, you know, you have this little side hustle thing on the side. Why don't you grow that? Uh, instead of asking for a seat at a table, just make your own. And that was just the beginning. <laughs> that was the mm, beginning yeah, of no. this beautiful <laughs> adventure onto entrepreneurship and then ultimately building my agency and scaling. Yeah, well, yeah, it's cool how life shows up and shows us the doors some, sometimes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it shows us doors and pathways that we, we sort of never realized yeah. were open to us until we have something. Yeah. We sort of get this slap in the face that says, yeah, you do that you've got to make a change now, you've got to do something different. And suddenly we go, oh, hang on. How, how long had you been sort of do, running the sort of the agency or the business as a side hustle at that point before you went full time? Uh, yeah, um, about three years, about three years. And okay. I would tap out at uh, two clients because, you know, I was 
a director of social media, had a team mm. of nine. We were, you know, in three different states and, you know, it was a lot. So I would, I would just tap yeah. out at two and I was, I was actually kind of content with that, if that makes mm. sense. So, mm. yeah. you know, I would play with the idea of entrepreneurship and say, oh, you know what, when I get this nest egg, when I have this saved up, when I do this, mm. then maybe. And it was as if the universe just like kicked me out. Like it was just like, mm, get out. <laughs> and it was yeah, the best sun. kick in the butt ever. It was the best. I mm. wouldn't trade any of the process of the journey for anything in the world. It's it's uh, exhilarating, exhausting, and really challenging all at the same time. And, it, mm. you know, I love it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, that, and that's the thing. That's where we, you know, there have been many surveys done, but the, the people that tend to be the happiest or the happiest people are people that do confront challenge, right? We yeah. go through challenge, we get a bit gritty, we kind of get gritty as hell and we've got to push through stuff, we've got to overcome. Um, and I'm sure yourself, as you, as you just said, and people listening, that if you look back over your life and you look at the, the, the moments that you really genuinely cherish, those people accomplished where you felt you know pride you felt proud of yourself you generally those are where you've overcome like some of us get we have we get lucky and things just kind of show up out of nowhere and those things are great but a lot of the time when we think about where we felt the best where we've been our happiest is because we've faced something and yeah. overcome it right so it's it's those hard times it's those where we've sort of had to graft and be diligent and put in, as you said, so that take that warrior path of, you know, the path of resistance sometimes is the path that we, we, we prefer to tread because we, we feel accomplished at the end of it and we get more genuine happiness out of that um, going through a process like that. So, yeah, I think it's a great, that is what the entrepreneurial journey is, right? It's, it's not oh, easy. Yeah. It's not, not a, you know, when, when you look at the gen, building a genuine business, it's much less about, make money faster, sort of make money slowly over time and sort of play this long, infinite game. Um, yes. And, and when I, um, I'm so sorry to cut you off. When I first no, 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 started, go, go. I realized quickly that there's this blend, a blur uh, between mm. freelancer, entrepreneur and agency owners. Right. Mm. And because there's this blend, People really don't know who they're hiring. They don't know, you know, to mm. which one. And all of them have very uh, one strong commonality, which is freedom. They have the freedom to choose and decide their path, right? But then when it comes a little deeper into the meaning of each, right? A freelancer, they are 100% okay just doing projects, like on the side. And they're, they're okay with the, the ebb and flow of that project. And they have no intentions of growing something larger, right? And then there's the entrepreneur who of course still loves freedom, but they wanna create something maybe for their family. They wanna build a legacy. They want something that will live beyond themselves. Uh, they have something um, that's calling them to do something for their family and, and for those around them. But then you have agency owners and the agency owners are the bold, <laughs> the bold ones to think that they're going to change the world with impact, right? And, mm, and they're mm. so crazy in that idea. Many of them make that, but that's a very difficult yet challenge, 
challenging role, I guess, to say, because then you realize that the assignment is so much greater than you that, you you know, you push through because you say, okay, it's not just about me anymore. It's now about the eight to 15 people I have on my team, or it's now about the other lives that we're preparing to touch because of the assignment that we're, that we're headed on. You know, it's, it's a different level of, of perspective. And when you hire people, you have to know which lane they're in because mm-hmm. how you manage and partner with a freelancer is totally different than how you would manage and partner with an agency owner. Mm-hmm. They look totally different. And I, I learned that very quickly that the lines were really blurry yeah. and yeah. you know people would hire an agency owner thinking they'll work with the owner and the owner's like, no, 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 I have a team. And they're like, wait, I just want to work with you. And then you will say, oh, well, that's a consultant or that's an entrepreneur. Um, yeah. So, you know, just uh, so many nuances um, mm-hmm. and, and being able to uh, decipher and decide where you fit and really owning that because nothing's wrong with either of those lanes. They're both amazing, yeah. right? It's just a mm-hmm. matter of what path you decide to take for your life. Yeah. Yeah, it's so much about making that decision kind of early or yeah. at least some part in that journey of deciding and that that because th- those three paths that you've outlined are very very distinct as you said they're they're similar and yes very very yeah. blurry i think as you're saying from that client perspective of i just i want a designer now is it a freelancer is it a contractor is it a consultant right? yes. or is it an agency where i'm hiring you know, a bulk of people yes they're very they're, 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 there's a blurred line additional perspective of the owner me as a freelancer versus me as an agency and a very very distinct and different roles and much more um all-encompassing sort of as you j- take that jump from solo you know freelance into um sort of entrepreneur and now entrepreneurs sort of starting a bit of a business you're getting a bit more business mindset you've got to start thinking a bit more financially right yeah. a bit more strategically rather than like freelance is just tactic, like where's the next client, where's the next bit of work? Okay, they said project, 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 that's how I feel my life. Once you move to entrepreneur, now it's right now, I might have a bit of a team, but it's a bit more strategic and planning and a little bit longer term. Yeah, maybe of how am I going to make this thing consistent and scalable and systemized? And then agency, you throw a ton of people on top of that. You throw yeah. more relationships, bigger contracts, right? Yeah. More overheads, more balls to juggle, yeah. bigger clients potentially, right? Which which is a, yeah. a whole different um, category of client, right? So when your client upgrades, right. now you're maybe in sort of CEO, C-level, C-suite, yeah. right? Dealing with different people. And I think that's, as you say, I think that is the part that, that a lot of a lot of us come to this from craft, right? We're the yeah. creative, we're the coder, we're the developer. We do that bit and then we've got to pick a lane and whichever yeah. lane we pick, if we're not lane not particularly suited to be in. Um, so having that conversation with yourself or with a mentor or a partner or someone up front, as you're saying, I think is really important to understand what those each of those lanes actually looks like yeah. a year, two years, five years. 
10 years down the line what that commitment looks like so yeah and so how, how did how did you make that decision because you obviously moved from that kind of hustle um side hustle freelancey kind yep. of position into this is my thing now i'm picking my lane i'm going agency how, how did you kind of make that commitment to yourself were you very aware of what that was going to entail no, I, I wasn't. And, you know, I think um, I, I jumped head first because I was kicked out. So mm. my instinct was really survival when I first started. I just wanted to make sure, mm. you know, we had a daughter still in diapers. I wanted to make sure that she had diapers. So I actually aligned projects with, OK, diapers are this much each month. So we need to make sure we have this bill covered. We have this is how much the mortgage is we have to. So I literally down to that detail of of yeah. budgeting and, and figuring out who I was working with. It sounds good. Mm. It sounds nice. But then when you get into the nitty gritty of the work, you realize that you are putting a you're not properly putting the proper price on the value that you bring right? Yeah. Because you're, you're looking at it from more of a, uh, I do this and I get this rather than saying mm. I have these many years of experience and what I am preparing to give to clients on a more detailed, more expertise style type of level. Um, and I, I just realized I had to shed a lot from corporate America. Uh, yeah. You know, there's an employee mindset and an employer mindset. And I was mm -hmm. definitely in the mindset of an employee when I first started this journey where, you know, if I gave a recommendation to a client and the client said, uh, I don't really like that. I would say, oh, OK, because in a department, that's what mm -hmm. you do. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, you, you collaborate with the other departments. But this isn't a, a department. It's a client. Mm -hmm. And if I know that the client is saying something that may not be the best or may not be ideal for what their return on investment should be or what the outcome should be, I should be confident enough to push back in a very uh, uh, partner style, in a very collaborative way, but and, and of course, in a respectful way, but letting them know, hey, this is the recommendation and here are the reasons, right? And lay out yeah. those reasons for them. Um, and it really took me a process of just having an honest conversation with myself to mm. say, you know, you have to take ownership of where you are and this is where you are and it's not bad, but really address where you want to go. Right. And then I realized, okay, well, I can't do this by myself. I need help. So I, I hired a virtual assistant first and, you know, she and I tag teamed, on a lot of a lot of things and she helped me to get a lot of the tactical things done and i said this was this is great but the burnout was real <laughs> it was very very yeah. real yeah. i you know i realized you know spending more time at my computer than i was with my family i you know was literally dreaming about client work and you know i actually got to a place where i was able to like say, hmm, I wonder how much this should be and wake up and have the, the number. Like literally it was to that point. And I said, okay, something has to change. <laughs> and, mm. and I realized that, you know, I was kicked out of corporate America. I never chose the entrepreneur lifestyle. And I said, well, 
I kind of don't want it. Like an entrepreneur has to do like everything. They have to have all the hats on. They can't just like live in the lane that they love because they're expected to do all the things. And I was like, I don't want to do all the things. I want to do what I love and hire the people that love the stuff that I really don't like doing. I can find Mm. someone who loves finance and then give them all the finance stuff. I can... You know, and and be able to live in my zone of genius happily, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where my business started to scale. And last year in August, that was one of that was like that peak moment. I, you know, the company had surpassed about twenty three thousand in a month, and I was like, wait, wait, what is this? (laughs) And I was like, we have got to. And it was just it continued to go, it continued to grow, and I said. I can't do this by myself. I need to make sure I have a bookkeeper in place. What the heck are my numbers? I need to make sure that I know the data in and out. Like I started to really streamline things. And I think that naturally flowed me into this role of being an agency owner and really looking at it from a larger picture and Mm -hmm. not just one piece Mm -hmm. of the puzzle, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You got to have that that forty thousand foot view. Yeah, yeah. I, I really love that explanation you've given. Sort of shifting all of those sort of iterations and jumps were internal and mindset jumps, really. Right. Yeah. It wasn't so much about I've got a new technique, mm-hmm. or I've got I've got a, a new hack, or a, a new sales strategy. It was about how do I need to show up to yes. make want I, I don't want to be hustling grinding 24 7 365 just to have enough nappies for the kid i actually want to build some sort of a legacy right i want i want to have yeah. more than just my bills paid okay if i'm going to do that that looks like twenty five thousand a month okay yes so what does twenty five thousand a month that look like right that looks like x number of clients that looks like okay maybe i've got to double my prices or triple going to that means more work i can't i don't want to be doing all the work so now i need team right all these things sort of start to cascade off that initial decision of i'm going to make that shift but for me it has to come from that um that internal perspective of what do i actually want and am do i understand what that commitment is going to mean for me and do i actually want it Yes. So I think it's easy to jump on the the bandwagon. Yeah, I want a seven-figure agency. I want an eight-figure agency with an exit. Great. Do you actually understand what that means to become, to shift to agency and a right and have that? Um, you know, again, love what you're saying about that. Out, right, and go, I'm going to be the business owner and I'm not going to do everything. That shift is really important, right? Taking ego out and saying, right, if I'm going to be this, that means I need to act like this and I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. And I also had to um, communicate that to the team in a very Mm. honest, transparent way because they were so used to me being in the work with them and being in it with them. And I had to, you know, I hired an amazing coach and she said, while you're doing that and you're in it with your team, who's steering your ship? who's guiding your vision and who's Mm. making sure you get there. And I was like, no one. And she's like, you're, you're needed at this, at this 
at the front of the ship to guide it, mm -hmm. to direct it, to make sure that you're not about to hit an iceberg, to cover yourself and the team that's on the boat. And I, I had to go back to them and in a very transparent, honest way, I actually apologized to them because I realized that when I jump in to help and in my head, I'm helping them, I'm actually mm. enabling them from growth because mm, mm, in order mm. for them to grow, they're going to have to, like, I have to be willing to let them make some mistakes along the way so that way they can become stronger, more resilient, more strategic in their thinking. I can't just immediately jump in and fix it. Otherwise, you know, I, they're not growing and I'm not able to do yeah. what I'm supposed to do. Um, so I had to have mm. a very honest, transparent conversation with them. Um, also letting them know that that shift was happening. And I, I opened the door and I said, Hey, you know, please know there's no love lost. I, 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 I started this journey one way and we're going a completely different direction. If you are on board, I love it. And if you're not, I love it too. And I would rather we have that very honest dialogue and know that there would never be any ill feelings and it will actually be a win-win for both of us. So if you are on board, let's keep moving forward. If not, let me see how I can help you for that next phase of your career. Um, so I just had to have that honest conversation with them. And it was by far one of the scariest conversations, especially <laughs> the first one, <laughs> mm, but it was yeah. also mm. the most exhilarating, the, the most, um, the one where I really felt like I owned my truth and the assignment mm. of the agency and where we're going. Mm, mm. Yeah. It's so much about communication and mm. human relationships at, at that point when you're and supporting and looking after other people, right. That you've brought into your business. Yeah. Really important to have those conversations early yeah. and, uh, and, and openly. Um, so what, what, what was the, what, what was the outcome of that? Did everyone stay? Did some stay? Did some leave? Um, how did that go down with the team? Yeah. So, at, you know, at first, I think everybody was kind of shocked. <laughs> um, but we we had uh, two or three people immediately email and say, I'm in like whatever you need, whatever I, I see the vision I want to support. I want to be a mm -hmm. part of it. And then there were others that, you know, said it, said they were there, but naturally they just coasted off. And I think I had to be OK with seeing that coast. And, and seeing them, you know, transition to amazing other roles that weren't a part of Azar and, and being there and letting them know I support them through that process. So I would say, you know, over half left, but there were like two or three that stayed. And to this day, they're the core team and they, they're now in lead roles and they help the rest of the team with strategy and development and you know, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm so grateful for them and being able to grow with them. Mm. Yeah, super important. And you have those conversations and you find out, right, who's loyal, who's yeah. going to help you, who, who, who's there to actually. And then, yeah, and we found the same thing. Those people become senior people in your business and they've got that extra level of conviction and 
and that's employees, right? Because you're handing over the steering of the ship, right? Saying, I'm going to go up front and tell us where to go. But you guys are out the back. You're you're, you're back there rowing. And yeah. I trust you to row and, and, and go hard and, and be have autonomy and do what you need to do without me. As you said, stepping in. And sometimes we feel like we're stepping in and it, it's helping out. But a lot of the time, actually, as you said, stepping in is actually disempowering them. Right? You're yeah. taking away their capacity to learn how to fail and how to bounce back and how to build resilience and how to tough it out and all that great stuff that you went through to get to that place. Yeah. Right? And it can be easy to forget that as well, that we go through stuff and we, we aren't, we've been through our process and we've overcome built stress management and um, built some muscle and then we want to s- stop people from going through that process themselves because we think that that's helping them somehow yeah. by stopping them going through their process of struggle that we're somehow that we're actually helping them but a lot of the time we're not we, we you want them to go through struggle you want them to come out of that as we were saying right up front if they can go through that process and come out more convicted and come out with some grit skills and some willpower and some determination and some diligence and capacity to handle that stuff, that's a great employee. Well, that's a that's a great partner in your business, right? Yes, absolutely. That's kind of a, a, weird, a weird balance. We, we Sometimes where we think we're helping, we're actually not helping that much. Mm-hmm. People especially want them to fail. <laughs> in, yeah. we, we don't want to set out for them to fail, but we want to create the conditions where they're okay feeling like they can stuff up recover learn and and do that quickly rather than trying to hide mistakes or not own up to things and sort of build that accountability and all that good stuff that comes from trial and error Mm. so do you do you sort of bake that into your your business now as you bring more people in is that sort of that's just how you do business now that's just how you operate off the back of having seen that that happen to you with yes. your smaller team? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, now I don't hire. <laughs> I have others on the team who hire. And by the time mm-hmm. they get to me, it's more of the vision. So I share with them the vision, make sure that that's a good fit, make sure that they're comfortable and, and, and willing to support that vision and align with it. And then, you know, from there, you know, they're as they're a part of the team and integrating, I actually hired a heart coach um, because I, I realized that, you know, w- within the last year, um, year and a half with the pandemic, so many of us have had to transition in so many ways, not just in business, but just in life. And, yeah, yeah. you know, we're all trying to figure it out. <laughs> all of yeah, us are yeah. like trying to figure it out and sometimes we show up to work hurting and mm. or we show up to hurt to work angry or frustrated and it has absolutely nothing to do with work yet it has everything to do with work so mm. i mm. hired a heart coach and every week um the heart coach meets with the team and they literally talk about self-care they get practical tips and and, and plans on things that are, you know, personal and unique to them to where they can really self-develop internally so that way they can show up and be present as their most authentic self. Because, you know, I always tell the team, 
I'm not looking for perfection. And what I want is excellence. Because when you show up in excellence, that is literally a state of being. That's you giving your best as your best, knowing that what you're giving is good enough. And then that creates an environment to where it's undeniable. No one's going to say that's not good. <laughs> like no <laughs> one's going to tell you that's not a that's not something that they would want. So if you show up in excellence, even if we just tear apart a campaign, <laughs> which <laughs> thankfully we have not. But even if that happens and you showed up in excellence, the client somehow understands and they'll be able to see, okay, maybe we should have done this. Maybe we should have done that. And I'd rather you do that than try and create this facade of perfection that doesn't exist. Um, mm. So it just really, you know, having the heart coach on the team and having very honest, transparent conversations with them and letting them know like, hey, we're all growing together, right? Like I'm not, I'm not founder, CEO over here, living my best life, sleeping in on the weekdays. No, we're all <laughs> challenged <laughs> and yeah. we're all yeah. facing a challenge in some way, but we're in mm. this together. And I just mm. made mm. that a commitment. Love, love it. That's the way that you want to run a business. You want to have got to understand that business is human, right? And business yes. is life. Yes. And they talk a lot about work-life balance and all this kind of thing. But particularly as, as an as an owner, as an entrepreneur, work-life balance is a bit of a Don't misnomer. Exist. I think it's more for me. I tend to call it. You want like work-life integration or yes. work-life alignment, right? Because yes. you're a business owner. It's, it's not going to be 50-50 down the line of, but it might Never. be 80-20, but that 20 is 100% family, right? It's 100% off of work and that yeah. work time is 100% in work. But having that integration and particularly we've got to rate the human into the business. Someone's going to have a shitty day at home and come to work and bring that energy and bring those emotions. Yes. And having that, as I said, the, the, the space that you're creating um, in your agency is perfect where they can feel like they have that space to do themselves and be themselves and hey, say, look, I'm, I'm just having a shit day today. I'm gonna, I need a bit of, I need a break. I need a time off. I need to, but being able to um, be, have that self-awareness, but also just to communicate it and have yeah. that open space to not just hold stuff in and just get to work and crack on when you're not feeling it. So super important. Mm -hmm. Love what you're doing. It's really, yeah, it sounds like you've moved yourself all the way up. See a really, a really heart-centered, heartfelt um, place. So, yeah, great to hear that you've, you've built that business predicated on all this kind of stuff. Awesome. Really cool. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, if people do want to find out more about you, um, where's the best place for them to come and connect with you? Yes, if you would love to connect with me, I would say LinkedIn would be the ideal space. So just head over to LinkedIn and you can find me at Altamese Curry, which is Curry like Stephen Curry. Um, everywhere else, I'm Altamese Nicole, N-I-C-H-O-L-E. Or you can follow the agency at the Azar. E-Z-E-R agency. Beautiful. Beautiful. Go and connect with Ultimes. Find out all the good stuff that they're doing. Um, if you're looking for a great place to go work and you're an 
you thrive in excellence and challenge, then yeah, hit Ultimate's up and uh, see if she's got a spot open. But yeah, love what you're doing. Love your your entire philosophy and, and sort of I love 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 that journey that you've taken from sort of the freelancer rejected from the corporate world and went eh, stuff it. I'm going to do my own thing, but I'm going to put it together and uh, and come from a place of what do I want? How do I need to be? How do I need to show up to to take that step into the the next level? Really great stuff. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Really, no, thank you. Appreciate you dropping by. Thanks for telling your story. It was very, very cool. Um, hope the folks at home got a lot out of it and sort of understand what it actually takes to make that transition from. Um, so those those different lanes, those different tracks of agency life, right? freelance life, creative life, and just being conscious and intentional about who am I and what's best suited for me and my, my life purposes and my goals and what I actually want out of this thing. Awesome. Um, Thank you so much. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And as always, we'll uh, catch you on the next one. Thanks for dropping by. Thanks, Altamese. Thank you.